Well, it is great to see everybody here today. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Great to see everybody here today. And uh, I want you to know that uh, it's really a special pleasure to have you here because you are here for my birthday party. Today is my birthday. Can you believe that? <laughs> 32 years of age. 32 years of age. And holding, and have been holding for quite some time now. Uh, but I have a birthday present that I have in mind for you to give me. Are you ready? You've been wondering, thinking all week long, what do we get Rob for his birthday? If you're a member, come to the membership meeting at 1130 right after this service. That's what you can give me. If you're not a member, become a member. How do you like that? You've been waiting for a personal invitation. This is my personal invitation to you. During these last couple of years, things have been kind of all over the map, and we want to kind of rebuild our core, and we need you. Turn to your neighbor and say, we need you. Go ahead, right now. Point that finger right in somebody's face. We need you. That's right. So if you've been kind of holding off and waiting, now is your time. Take that connection card. Let us know of your interest. Sign up online. If you're watching online, welcome everybody. Uh, let us know. We would really love to uh, continue to rebuild uh, our membership core after these last couple of years. So thank you, thank you in advance for that very thoughtful birthday gift you're going to give me, all of you. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, some of you thought I was a little older than 32, but no, 32 and holding. Today is uh, what I call really a vision Sunday. A few times out of the year, I really like to uh, focus on uh, what on earth we're here for. And as I said earlier in the prayer time, we are not going to be able to live, love, and lead like Jesus if what breaks the heart of Jesus doesn't also break our heart. And today, we're going to be talking about the Great Commission, the Great Commandment. That was Jesus' deathbed wish Imagine it this way, you're one of his disciples and Jesus motions you over and just before he breathes his last breath, he says, here's what I want you to do. Go into all the world and make disciples. His last command must be our first priority. And we cannot live, love, and lead like Jesus if what breaks his heart, if what caused Jesus to come and die on the cross, lost people, isn't something that consumes us to our core. And I want to challenge us afresh and anew about that here today. For the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about the Great Commission, the Great Commandment. Next weekend, we have a tremendous group of missionaries that are coming to share their work, what's going on on the field as we support them and continue to share God's love literally in every single direction uh, of the globe. Make sure you're here. And then the following week, we're going to be talking about our five global church partnerships. In fact, our missions director, Pete Michelle, and I have a, a Zoom call with another missionary tomorrow. We're looking to add our sixth global church partnership over the course of this next year where we go in deep, we buy property, build churches, we support uh, local pastors and missionaries that are there. It's awesome. We're going to talk about that. Absolutely. Put your hands together. We're going to talk about that in a couple weeks' time. And uh, again, we can't live, love, and lead like Jesus if what is on his heart isn't on our heart. And what's number one on his heart? What caused Jesus to come to this world? What drove him to the cross? Lost souls, dying for the lost. How many are glad he died for you? I sure am glad he died for me. And the beautiful thing is he died for everybody who will believe, and it's our job to get that message out there as far and wide as we possibly can. Now, we've been talking about uh, walking out and building out a biblical worldview, and I've made the statement over and over again that I want to live in the center of three circles. 
That's where live, love, and lead happens. And the first big circle we've talked about in our Venn diagram is uh, living uh, out biblical morality. That's the Ten Commandments. That's what we're talking about all the month of, of January and February. Uh, the eight Beatitudes, what we talked about all last fall. And for the next three weeks, we're going to jump to the next circle, and that is biblical purposes. And that is all about the Great Commission, all about the Great Commandment. I cannot, let me restate it again, I cannot live, love, and lead like Jesus wants me to do if I am not consumed by the very purposes of God. There's no way. If I don't care about lost people, here's the thought that occurred to me this week. I was weeping and broken for what was going on in Ukraine. I, I, I was just thinking about having uh, personal relatives or family going through what they're going I was just personalizing that, and I was broken. And then the question occurred to me, am I broken for lost people like that? Am I deeply moved by the lost around the world and in our community? And if not, why not? Jesus calls you and me to be broken for those that are lost. And that's what we want to focus on as a church family over these next few weeks. We're going to talk about biblical purposes, then we're going to go back to biblical morality and finish out our series on the Ten Commandments. Now, there's a verse tucked away that a lot of people miss in Ecclesiastes 12, 13 that reads like this. Now, all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Do two things. Fear God and keep his commandments. The Great Commission, the Great Commandment. Rob, if you don't get anything else done, make sure you do those two. The Great Commission, the Great Commandment. The Great Commission, the Great Commandment. Here's a question I want you to think about all morning long. Am I passionate about making his purposes my priority? Am I passionate about making his purposes my priority? You know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Lisa and I flew to Kentucky to be with our uh, daughter-in-law and our uh, grandchildren. Uh, our son uh, was out of country on uh, work assignment, and uh, we thought, hey, it'd be great to go. Plus, it's Rowan's third birthday, three years of age. And we were thrilled that we went when we went because Mommy Rachel got really sick. I mean, like really sick. And my uh, appreciation for all you young moms out there just went through the roof. She's got uh, little Lily, who's four months old, and Roro, who's three years old, and they are busy. Hello? Anybody out there? I mean, you moms, that uh, you're up all night, don't sleep, and then you're sick on top of it. Man, give yourselves a gold medal. I give you a gold medal right now. That's just unbelievable. I mean, I felt busy, and I was kind of part of the uh, support team. Um, but, but here was the interesting thing. Rowan and I are big pals, and... Uh, you know, he gets up a couple times during the night, typically, and I've got the monitor there, and so, uh, you know, he was having a bad cough, and, and so he would start coughing, and I, I would go in there to, you know, see how he was doing, and it was interesting how, as soon as I got in there, the coughing stopped. <laughs> He's a very smart little guy. He knows how to turn Papa's uh, wheel just a little bit, and, and then I would get in there, and he would say, rock me, rock me. Well, now that's music to my ears snuggling with that little guy right here and, you know, kissing on him and just rocking back and forth until he'd go back to sleep. But this would happen once or twice every night for, what, about seven nights. And I got to tell you, I don't want to sound too spiritual, but, but, but here's the real story. I found myself kind of redeeming that time of just kind of snuggling with him and just praying, praying for him, 
that he'll come to know Jesus at the earliest possible age, praying for his sister, that she'll come to know Jesus at the earliest possible age, praying for all my, my future grandchildren. And then I began to pray for all the children of our church and then to pray for our church and, and to pray, God, help us find ways, new ways, better ways to reach more people with the good news of God's love. People are lost and dying and going to a Christless eternity in hell without Jesus and we need to double, triple, quadruple our efforts. Can I hear a big amen? amen. How many know someone in your family you work with at school that does not know Jesus as Lord and Savior? Every hand is in the air, every single one of us. I know that without even asking. And we need to be consumed and passionate to our toes to pray like never before and to reach like never before and have as our focus and our goal and our passion like never before to build bridges to people who are far from God. People matter to God and they need to matter to us. Am I passionate about making his purposes my priority. Now, someone once said that a great commitment to the great commission and the great commandment will grow great Christians and a great church. So this message really is on two planes. It's to me as an individual and to us as a church family. A great commitment to the great commission, the great commandment, will grow great Christians and a great church. So how committed I am, am I as an individual? And then the question for all of us is how committed are we as a church family? Now, the Great Commission, I've uh, put that on the screen here, and you'll notice a bunch of words are underlined. And, and you know this because we talk about this periodically, and you've read it many times yourself. Jesus said to them, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'll be with you to the ends of the age. You know, as I look at all those underlined words, there's about nine different words or phrases there. And they're all pretty important to me. First of all, Jesus said it, so automatically it's really important. And he makes the point, all authority in heaven's been given to me. In other words, I'm the one saying it, and I come with all the authority, and here's what I want you to do. Maybe there's a lot of things you're putting your time and energy into that I haven't asked you to do. Make sure you do this. And what does he say? Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and teaching them. That's called making disciples. Make disciples by baptizing and teaching. And know that by my Holy Spirit, I'm going to be with you every single step of the way. I want you to do my bidding. I want you to represent me. I want you to do what I've called you to do. The great commandment is like to it. Notice these words. Found in Matthew chapter 22, someone comes up to him and says, Teacher, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus says, here's the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then love your neighbor as you love yourself. These are the two greatest commandments. And I've underlined about seven different uh, words or phrases here. That's about 16 different words or phrases in the great commission and the great commandment. And as a church, we have boiled it down to four words. The great commission, the great commandment, those 16 key key words, Know, grow, serve, and share. Many of you have seen it on a baseball diamond that we talk about. These are the biblical purposes that we must be committed to. If we're going to live, love, and lead like Jesus, we have got to be sold out to the very thing Christ has called us to be about. We need to be the church. We need to be the church. The church is all about the great commission, the great commandment, helping more and more people come to know, grow, serve, and share. So let's talk about these real quickly, one by one. No. What does it say? We see the phrase, 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, depending on what translations you're looking at. That comes from the great commandment. You're to know Christ. I'm to know Christ. We're to help other people come to know Christ. Know Christ and make him known. That's the idea here. If you're here today or within the sound of my voice online, I just want to reiterate what I've said in a couple other services already here today, and that is this. There's only one way to heaven. There's only one name under heaven by which we can be saved, and that is the name of Jesus Christ, Acts 4.12. He is the only gateway to heaven. Number two, Jesus loves you and will forgive you and cleanse you. If we confess our sins, the Bible says, he is faithful and just to forgive us of sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. If you don't know him, would you give your life to Christ today? If you do know him, would you help someone else come to Christ this week, the near future? Thirdly, you need to surrender control of your life and commit your life to follow him. For by grace we're saved through faith, not of ourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. If you're a seeker, someone who's looking for faith in Christ, like some of the people we've had in our Explore class and heard some really great stories of people coming to faith. If you're looking for Christ, if you're trying to find faith, I want to invite you to give your life to him right here and right now. Just simply pray, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me my sins. I want to follow you. And once you pray that prayer and make that commitment, take the next step, and that is to be water baptized. Be water baptized. Tell me about all of this on that connection card, either in front of you or online, and just simply say, hey, today I prayed to commit my life to Christ. Hey, I want to be water baptized. We've got a water baptismal service coming up very soon. And then, of course, take the Explore class where we can give you some next steps. Those are three things if you're, if you're seeking. Commit today. Sign up to be baptized. Join the Explore class. And if, if you are a believer, like so many of us are, I want to encourage you to join me in reaching out to three people at all times. Are you ready? Reach out and invite someone to church. You can do that easily these days by saying, hey, let's go to church online. That's really simple. Hey, I'll meet you at 10 o'clock online at bcachurch.com. Or invite them to come with you to one of our services, 9 o'clock unplugged, 10 o'clock live here or in the chapel or tradition service. Reach out and invite someone. Reach in and include someone. New people are coming all the time. Take it upon yourself as a key core part of the BCA family to find someone new, wrap your arms around them, and and invite them and involve them in. Invite them to your small group. Invite them to the class you're attending. You know, plug them in somehow, uh, way, shape, or form. And then thirdly, here's another. Have these three people in your life always. Reach out and invite someone. Who are you inviting? Who are you building a bridge to? Reach in and encourage, uh, reach in and include someone. And then reach around and encourage someone. Find someone who's struggling. Find someone who's, who's hurting. Find someone who's going through a tough season. And pour your life into them and encourage them. Reach in. Reach out. Reach around. This is how we live, love, and lead like Jesus. How about grow? Once we come to faith in Christ, we need to grow in Christ, and we need to help other people grow in Christ. Think about it. Make disciples, and here's another phrase, teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. Here's another phrase, baptize them. Those are all in the Great Commission. We are here to make disciples. We're here to teach or to help people grow. There are lots of groups in our church. You can plug into a rooted group, all sorts of other kind of Bible study groups. There are lots of classes in our church. Get on a growth path. Get plugged into a group. Sign up to lead a group. Be a co-leader in a group. 
You know, work with children's groups, youth group, adult groups, all sorts of groups and classes. You know, this is a good time for me just to remind you of something that we have not talked about for over two years, and that is our above and uh, beyond fund for facilities improvement. And uh, we're kind of opening that back up. I want to begin touching on that again. But we've got a, uh, uh, you know, we're running out of classrooms. You know, when uh, COVID hit and uh, people started attending, you know, less and less um, you know, we kind of went to a a format that has turned into a strength for us, and that is we have kind of a major uh, worship gathering hour, and then at 9 o'clock we have Bible study time. So we got lots of classes at 9 o'clock, lots of classes Wednesday night, but we've run out of classroom space. Good problem to have, I guess, but we have a couple that we've identified that we could add quickly. One is there's one on the main floor. We need to punch a hole in the wall to get access uh, more easily. That's going to take just a few uh, shekels. And uh, we need to kind of remodel the upstairs of the children's center. It's time for uh, fresh paint and flooring and that kind of thing. And if you feel led to really invest in those kinds of things, uh, I encourage you to join me in giving once a month or a one-time gift. We're going to kind of work on uh, doing that over the course of this next year, and it's going to help us with our grow efforts as we build classes and continue to build groups. Um, Grow. Grow. Are you growing? How can you help other people grow? No grow and then serve. We need to help people everywhere. Come to know that Christ has saved them to serve. Christ has saved us to serve. Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. That's the phrase out of the great commandment that I want us to think about. How can we love our neighbor? How can we serve our neighbor? How can we be outward focused? How can we be uh, inclusive? How can we be caring, compassionate, empathetic of other people? You have been gifted for greatness. God wants to use you to be a blessing. And if I could be king for a day, whether you're a part of our wonderful youth ministry, whether you're a part of our senior adult ministry, whether you're somewhere in between, if I could be king for a day, and I should be on my birthday, don't you think? If I could be king for a day, it would be that every believer in Christ would take up a ministry and begin to serve. Can I hear a big amen to that? Point to your neighbor again and say, God wants you to serve in a big way. Our children's ministries needs to be rebuilt. Our youth leaders need to be rebuilt. We got tech teams and media teams. Do I need to tell you more? Sound like a car salesman right now. No offense to any car salesman out there. I appreciate you and what you're doing. But in all seriousness, let's go for it. Let's go for it. Let's begin to serve. God has gifted you for greatness. He's blessed you to be a blessing. He wants to use you. 1 Peter 4.10 says, whatever gift you have received, use it. Use it to serve others. It doesn't say don't use it. It says use it. You say, Rob, you have been talking about this for 40 years, and I'm going to talk about it for the next 40 years because I'm only 32. God wants to use you. Imagine for a moment if every believer in our church family was actively engaged in serving. Imagine the electricity and the the power that would bring to all that's happening. Pretty exciting to think about. Very exciting to think about. You know, we just started an unplugged service. Started with 20 people, 30, 40. Now it's over 50. We're moving towards 60 in the activity center, 9 o'clock. It's awesome. Totally different vibe. Unplugged, quieter, you know, less uh, music time. Uh, it's, uh, you know, we start with the sermon, basically, and do our prayer and worship at the end. And, uh, you know, we need people in there to help with media and first impressions and all those kinds of things. Lots of ways to serve. Lots of ways to be involved. And then finally, share. 
It says, go into all the world. Did you know that Bethany Christian Assembly, even during these last couple of years, is either the leading church or one of the top two leading churches in all the churches in our particular network or district? Even during all that's happened, the sifting and shifting, that's amazing. Why is that? Why is that? Does that just happen? I mean, does that just kind of occur? No, there's an intentional, intentional effort to keep the main thing the main thing, to focus very, very carefully at all times on helping more and more people come to know, grow, serve, and share. You see, we can't live, love, and lead like Jesus if we're not consumed by the things that consume our Savior. And the biblical purposes are the Great Commission, the Great Commandment. I like to talk about the uh, outreach triangle, if you will. And personal outreach is what you and I do in building bridges to other people. And God has placed you uh, in a school. God has placed you in a neighborhood. God has placed you in a work environment. God has placed you in a family. And he wants you to build bridges to people who are far from God. And we need to be wise on how we act toward outsiders. That's what Paul says in Colossians chapter 4. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Build bridges. Be very thoughtful. Ponder very, very deeply. Care very, very deeply about people who are missing Christ. And be salt. Be light. Be a witness. Be an ambassador. Personal outreach. And then there's local outreach. And of course, Our Bethany Compassion Center is a big part of that, reaching out 30 different ministries in our community. But also, just think about all the ministries of this church that are reaching out and helping more and more people come to know, grow, serve, share. Think about all the children's ministries. Think about all the youth ministries. Think about all the adult ministries, all the support groups, uh, small groups. All those kinds of things are crucial in helping more and more people know, grow, serve, share. And then, of course, global. That's what we're going to look at extensively next weekend with a great uh, group of missionaries joining us in the following uh, when we talk about our global church partnerships. But global outreach, Bethany Supports has continued to support 80 missionaries and all of their projects, as well as those five global church partners. In fact, this last week, on Tuesday night and Wednesday night, I had the privilege to connect with uh, one of our missionaries, member Michael and Diane Massey, from our church in Sumba, Indonesia, And I conducted a leadership conference from 4.30 till 8 uh, afternoon, evening on Tuesday and Wednesday. And Pastor Rimba right up there in the top left-hand corner was the fine uh, interpreter. And, uh, you know, we plowed through some leadership training. Why? Because it's a part of our vision to help more and more people know, grow, serve, share. And if I can help leaders in that part of the world or any part of the world, grow and get stronger and more skilled and more able in doing what they deeply want to do. I tell you, this is humbling. There are probably about 50 at the House of Hope in that one picture and then another 12 to 15, uh, according to Mike. Some of them traveled, you know, more than a day to make it to this conference. To hear some of their stories, you know, living in the outskirts and villages out in the rural country. I've been there several times and I know a little bit about where they're living. These are champions for Christ. And they're looking to people like you and me who might care enough to help. Will we go? Will we teach? Will we support? Will we send finances? Will we send teams? Absolutely. We're sending a team to Sumba later this year. I'd encourage you to talk to 
Pete Michelle out in the lobby if you'd like to be a part of that. We also are sending a team to Albania in September. And I'll be on that trip, and I'd love for any and everyone that would like to to come. Uh, again, a rare privilege of doing a pastor's conference, and then the rest of our team will be doing other ministry as we work with missionary Kurt Plagenhoff and Pastor Gazine. How can we share? How can we share? Know, grow, serve, share. As we begin to kind of turn the corner and wrap things up here, let me highlight something. Across America, church attendance is on the decline, according to the Barna Research Group. And if you look at this chart here, you'll see the different demographics, ages 18 to 34, 35 to 64, and 65 plus. Now, I am in the first demographic because I'm only 32, so 18 to 34, I'm 32 right there. But in that first demographic, you kind of summarize it to say church attendance has gone from about one-third to one-quarter. And then you see the other uh, age groups there as well. It's not going in a good direction. And there's a lot of thoughts as to why that's the case. Some of it has been the past few years, all the infighting, all the craziness, all the politics, all the pandemic, all the issues that people say, I just had enough. And I want to challenge us, us, you and me, as a church family. The only way we're going to change this is two ways. We have got to get serious about living, loving, and leading like Jesus. Next slide. We need to live, love, and lead like Jesus. There's the words right there. We have got to think about it. We've got to pray about it. We've got to talk about it. We've got to be about it. We've got to say, Jesus, more than ever before in the history of my life, I am going to step up and I'm going to live like you and love like you and lead like you. No questions, no debate, no excuses. You can count on me, Lord, to be your representative, to be salt and light, your example in this world that is desperate for Jesus. And the second thing is we need to be very serious about his purposes. We need to be very serious about his purposes. We need to be the church. We need to be the church. We need to be faithful followers of Jesus Christ and fulfill the great commission and the great commandment. If we get sidetracked, if we get our eye off the ball, there's a lot of missionaries around the world that are going to be left hanging. There will be a lot of churches around the world left hanging. Sometimes people say, well, you know, BCA is just, you know, I go to this service and there's a few people there or I go to that small group or that class and that's the sum total. The most people we're touching are people around the world through missions. Tens of thousands of people through the work of our missionaries. And we have got to be the church and keep our eye on the ball. There's wars and there's conflict and there's confusion. We have got to be the church. Let me wrap it up with this illustration. There are different kinds of churches, different kinds of people, different kinds of purposes. But I want you just to think about all these words that start with a P. You know, some people think uh, about programs. You know, that's the big thing. Well, we got a lot of programs, but that's not the most important thing. We got a lot of programs, but that's not the most important thing, and it never will be. Some are personality-driven. You know, it's built around the personality of a really uh, uh, entertaining pastor. And folks, I am very entertaining. <laughs> I'm very stylish. Now, I have tried to slip into some skinny jeans, but they didn't quite work for me because I'm more of a husky build. Go dogs! More of a husky build, more of an athletic build, if I can put it that way. No, no, not chunky. No, no, not chubby. 
Tighten your lip on that, whoever said that. Um, but you know, personalities come and go. Personalities rise and fall. Politics driven, that's big. That's not the most important thing. Biblical morality, biblical worldview, absolutely. But partisan politics, that's not the most important thing. Property driven, there's lots of churches that have a really wonderful property and that's kind of the biggest thing. We're very grateful for our property, absolutely. But it's not the most important thing. Performance driven, a lot of church happens on the stage. You got a preacher preaching, you got singers singing, and it can be, if you're not careful, an entertaining type of thing. Well, it's important to communicate truth, the Word of God, teach the Word of God very carefully and very specifically, and we appreciate our incredible worship leaders. It's all important, but it's not the most important thing. Project-driven. I have people ask me, well, what's the next project? What's the next project? Well, hey, sit down. Are you ready for this? Here's the next project. Sit down. We're going to try to help more people know, grow, serve, and share. No, no, I mean, what's the... Know, grow, serve. Did you... know? Say it with me. Grow, serve, and share. Stay with me, folks. I tell them. Don't get scared. Yeah, well, yeah, we bought a building. We're doing a compassion center. Yeah, we've got some cool things happening with children's ministry. We've got a lot of things happening with groups. We got this. We got that. But that's not the most important thing. Some are promotion-driven. You know, that can happen in a church, not just in our personal lives. You know, social media, if you look at it, it can be very good. I thank God for it with my uh, kids living all over the place, and, you know, we can kind of connect and do things. But it can also kind of have a, a downside to it where, you know, everybody's trying to one-up the next person. It's kind of the carnality of comparison. Some people look at it and say, man, it looks like everybody's life is perfect except mine. Ah, oh, well, just remember, everybody's showing their best day, and you have best days, but everybody also has bad days. We believe in promotion. We believe in communication. We believe in marketing. We try to do better at that. But that's not the most important thing. Trying to out-promote the next church or out-promote whatever. That's not the most. How about protest-driven? You know, we're against this. We're against that. How about focusing on what we're for? How many have ever heard of Jesus Christ, the risen Savior? Let's talk about him. Let's celebrate what we're for. We're for redemption and forgiveness and grace and mercy. That's what we're about. How about privilege? You know, some people teach a message, hey, if you come to Christ, everything's going to be great. I wish that was true, but I never found that to be true. Anybody with me? I've been a Christian my whole life, and it hasn't been a bed of roses. But when I go through hard times, guess who's with me? Jesus is in front of me. He's beside me. He's behind me. He's in me. He's carrying me. He's for me but I don't live a privileged life in that sense. Or how about prosperity? There are some that teach a prosperity doctrine. Hey, if you have enough faith, you'll never get sick and you'll get wealthy. Ooh, I like that. Only problem is it's not in the Bible. <laughs> Jesus is the person I knew that had the most faith of anyone. And the Bible says he didn't have a place to lay his head. And I don't know what you want to say about health, but being beaten to within an inch of your life and then being crucified on a cross doesn't sound like a real healthy way to end it. But I digress. The most important thing is the next one, purpose. Purpose. 
We've got to keep the main thing the main thing. And as you get bombarded, as I get bombarded, as things come at us, wars and room of the wars and this and that issue and people and stuff, we've got to remember the main thing is the main thing is the main thing, and that is the Great Commission, the Great Commandment. We ourselves need to know, grow, serve, share, and we need to help more and more people in our community and around the world know Jesus, grow in Jesus, serve Jesus, and share Jesus. Let's pray. Before I pray with your eyes closed, I want you just to think for a moment. I remember hearing a story years ago. It's just a story. Jesus made his way to heaven, and angels asked him, Okay, Lord, what's your plan to reach the world? And Jesus said, Well, I, I trained up these 12 dudes, these disciple guys. And the angel said, You got to be kidding. What's your backup plan? And Jesus said, I have no backup plan. Friends, we are his plan to reach the world. You and me and others like us. We are his plan. And the question is, how are we doing? How well are we doing? Are we passionate about making his purposes our priority? And Lord, I pray for Bethany Christian Assembly as a church family, first of all, that God, you will help us be more passionate about making your purpose a priority than ever before. God, we want to be part of something great. We want to reach the world for Jesus Christ. We want to see lost people come to faith in Christ. We want to live, love, and lead like never before. So lives are changed and God's kingdom is built. And as individuals, Lord, me and everybody here, I pray that you'll make it our prayer that we will commit our lives to you like never before to make your purposes our passion and our priority. That we will help more and more people come to know Christ, grow in Christ, serve Christ, and share Christ. This is how we live, love, and lead like Jesus. And this is what a lost and dying world needs. As we close the service, friend, with every head bowed and eye closed, if you have not committed your life to Christ, I invite you to do so right here, right now. Just simply pray. As I mentioned earlier, just pray a prayer. Lord, I commit my life to you. And then please take a moment to tell me about it. Online, fill out that connection card here in person. Fill out the connection card or go to the app. We want to be in touch with you with some next steps. It'll be very, very helpful. But commit your life to Christ. Sign up to be water baptized. If you are a Christian and you know the Lord for a while and you're not serving, begin to serve. If you're not building bridges to others, begin to share your faith. Ask Christ to help you. God wants to use you individually as he wants to use us collectively. Thank you, Lord, for this incredible, credible church family. Continue, Lord, to build us into the people you long for us to be. Help us be the church, focusing with passion and priority on your purposes. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together, shall we? We're going to sing a closing song before we're dismissed, and then our prayer team's going to come forward. Let's sing, let's worship, let's honor the Lord before we're dismissed. <laughs>